0: Welcome to the Financial Purpose Podcast. All opinions expressed by me or guests of the podcast are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Life Moves Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment or financial decisions. Clients of Life Moves Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. All right, well, here we are it's uh monday i'm recording this on a monday i am also recording this from my dining room table so there may be uh, some random noise in the background Uh, the sound quality may be a little odd so i'm just going to apologize in advance for that but um today i want to talk about the holidays and um, what comes with the holidays and uh in a lot of respects it's uh it's financial insecurities And so, um, I thought it would be an interesting thing to talk about, and it's just based on a conversation that um, Melissa and I had over the weekend about our favorite Christmas memories. And so, you know, here we are, the holidays are in full swing, Uh, everywhere you go, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, all of that fun stuff. Um, In some stores, it's been looking a lot like Christmas since September, but I won't get into that in this podcast But back to financial insecurities, um, you know, we were kind of talking about like our favorite Christmas memories. And I really had to search my memory bank because for me, uh, this time of year has not always been like the most enjoyable. And a lot of that's wrapped around um, some experiences that I had uh, certainly early on. And mostly because there was a period of time, um, several years that I can recall where my parents had very limited resources. And so for us, Christmas was kind of a, uh, you know, just a very small kind of lackluster thing, Um, you know. And uh, I remember I would have to go back to school and play the, hey, what'd you get for Christmas game? And uh, that game did not always feel great when you're comparing, um, you know, whatever somebody got then, uh, you know, try to think about what was popular in the, in the uh, late 80s and early 90s, you know, would have been like the first Nintendo systems or, you know, some Nerf something or like Hot Wheels, um, Micro Machines. I don't know, those kinds of things, right? I'm thinking of boy toys here. Um, And I would just have to say, yeah, I I got, you know, a couple of quarters and a candy cane in my stocking and an orange, um, which I was always pretty sure just came off the orange tree in our backyard because I grew up in Florida. And, uh, you know, maybe I got a pack of underwear, maybe I got like, um, you know, maybe we had a we had a shared gift, uh, my sisters and I. And then there were other years where I remember we had a lot uh, to talk about when we played that game going back to school. I mean, we had a great Christmas um, a couple of years as well. So it, it was always a little hit or miss, and that story's probably not unique to me. Um, but it does often kind of tie, um, you know, some financial insecurity to that. Maybe it like kind of dilutes the magic of Christmas, if you will. And, um, you know, so as I was talking through this, you know, I thought the one thing that I wish I would have had was, uh, I wish I would have had the tools back then um, as a child, right? So I'm going to say this and they're going to be like, whatever, you were a child, but I wish I would have had the tools as a child in you know that what did you get for christmas game to to be able to say something like well you know i mean i may not have had a lot of presents but i had a lot of fun with my family and maybe we did this or somebody cooked this or we spent time with my grandparents or with my aunts and uncles and cousins um or maybe you know we did something else um and that made Christmas a little more special. And sometimes uh, we did that, those things. Sometimes we went on a road trip for Christmas and sometimes we didn't. And, uh, and so there were, there's always a variety of, of ways to spend that. And again, I, I wish I would have had the tools to do that. And I actually wish I would have had the tools to do that even early in my adulthood when I still had some of those uh, attachments to the economic uncertainty around the holidays What's really interesting about financial insecurity is um, an economic uncertainty, especially when it's tied to things like this, is I have seen financial insecurity show up in a bunch of different ways all over the wealth spectrum. And so in my career, I've talked to people who are um, you know, far on the lower end of the the wealth spectrum where they're either just starting and building or they're an adult and they've had something happen unexpected in their life that significantly impacted their financial situation um, and they've, they've taken steps backward. All the way up to people who are worth tens of millions of dollars who have just had success after success. In those two extremes and everywhere in between, I've seen financial insecurity show up differently. Um, I remember explaining this to a client uh, a couple of years ago and she was sharing some of the setbacks that she felt that that she had in her life and in her career and, um, you know, in her family business and that kind of thing. And uh, feeling like she wasn't, you know, good enough um, based on those things. She had, she had some financial insecurity about what she hasn't accomplished or the amount of wealth that she wasn't able to acquire yet. And she was in her mid-40s and so she was feeling like she was behind the eight ball um and i shared with her that i i understood that financial insecurity but i also understood and wanted to help her understand where she was in that kind of on that spectrum of of financial success and financial insecurity because it was important to understand what was most important to her and what what really mattered to her um Because for some people, certainly if you drive around Phoenix and Scottsdale, uh, all over the area, you're going to see some very expensive cars and some very large homes and um, an expression of wealth show up in a bunch of different ways. And for those people who are driving those cars and in those houses or pulling the boats or renting the ski lodges or owning the ski lodge or whatever it is there's going to be some financial insecurity that shows up there. And sometimes that's going to be the the type of car, the color of the car, the size of the house, the number of garage doors, the, the neighborhood it belongs to, the golf course that you might belong to, where your ski lodge is located, how much time you spend there, what equipment you have, all of these things some of it's gonna be wrapped up in you have what you have because those are the things that you like and enjoy. And some of it's because you have a certain projection that you need to, to put out for other people to see. Um, and on the other side of it, on the more limited resources side, that shows up a little differently and in, in that's gonna be places like um, where you shop, what type of gifts you give what the cost of those gifts is compared to what you feel like it should be. Um, You know, so you're going to get all of these different levels of questions around financial insecurity this time of year in particular, and that often comes back to gifts. And so it's um, the question of, can I afford gifts for my immediate family, kids, and spouse? Um, And if that is good, then can I afford and should I afford gifts to extended family like parents and cousins and nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters and that kind of thing. Um, And that especially becomes more um, prevalent when someone else in your family is giving to your family, right? So if you have a sister um, or a brother who is giving gifts to your kids, then you will feel pressure to reciprocate and give to their children. And that may not be, um, you know, economically, um, equitable in some respects. Right. Um, so there, there's all of that. And then if money's not the issue, then you might say, well, is it possible that I'll overspend on gifts based on those other expectations of what, or the expectations that I feel people have placed on me or that I've placed on myself. Um, am I going to buy gifts because I need to buy acceptance from people? That happens as well. Um, and sometimes you're going to question, if I have all of that in order, will my gift be good enough for the person receiving it? And a lot of it, those, all of those questions are often tied around retail and marketing because if i watch tv right now um if i don't have the lexus to remember show up in the driveway with a big bow on it and um you know i take melissa outside and magically it's snowing in phoenix and there's a lexus in the driveway with a bow um or and or a big diamond waiting um i may not be doing enough as as a gift giver and uh so I think that there's a lot of pressure that's tied up around that. I mean, certainly some of my financial insecurities around this time of year have been tied up around you know the retail marketing. Um, but I, I think that happens for a lot of people. And what I find when I really think about it, what I think the season does, if you get kind of wrapped up into, into that trap, is it distorts the heart. Versus the wallet dynamic and what I mean by that is that in the spirit of giving you're supposed to give from the heart and it's not about the dollar value necessarily of the gift that makes the difference and it's not about how many gifts either it's really about what's the heart and the intent behind the gift and that's what either makes it special or makes it something that is done to to buy love, or to buy respect, or to buy relationship status, and um, and I think a lot of people get trapped in that. And again, that's where the wallet supersedes the heart, uh, and vice versa. I think. We've all heard, of course, what the season is about. You know, the magic of Christmas is not about the, the gifts that are being given. The magic of Christmas is not about the number of gifts that are under the tree or, or hanging from the stocking or whatever. Um, the magic of Christmas is about none of that. The magic of Christmas is really about recentering your heart around what's most important. Um, and that's going to be your family and gratitude and your faith and the kind of person that you want to be in the world. And I think a lot of times the magic of Christmas shows up based on who are you with during this time of year? Who are you spending time with? Who are you laughing with? Who are you making memories with? Who are you creating new traditions with? Or who are you continuing old traditions with? And I think that's the magic of Christmas. And um, so I, you know, when I go back to kind of what maybe some of my favorite Christmas memories are, um, I could probably pull a couple from childhood and it it might be centered around, oh, this gift or this experience. Um, And I can certainly pull a few from my uh, young adulthood where, um, you know, it was first Christmases with kids, that kind of thing. And I can pull it from recent years, um, you know, over the past 13-ish years that Melissa and I have been together. And I can pull memories um, from there. I remember our first Christmas together and and what we did and what that looked like and and um, and how that was, and certainly where some of my financial insecurities showed up that year. And, um, and I think it's the memories that make it important. I think it's it's uh it's what you're doing in that period of time. So I want to encourage you especially in this time of year if these financial insecurities show up and be honest about it. They probably do. I can certainly tell you that there's still every year I feel a little bit of this like anxious nervous energy about what what I'm going to do this year. What how am I going to make this year good? What am I going to give to to my wife or to our kids, or what is the expectation around that? And I have to remember that it's just not, it's not about that. And even if, if, if somebody has an expectation, I don't have to own their expectation. I don't have to carry that weight. Um, because then what I'm doing is participating in their financial insecurity. And then it's leading to my own financial insecurity, continuing to grow. And, and you see, we, we end up in this ball of of, of things that actually detract from the spirit of the holiday and the spirit of giving overall. So I want to encourage you that as you're thinking through these things to keep the most important things at the center of your decisions. And this is, these are decisions with how you spend your time, how you use your financial resources, who you're with, um. You know, those are the things that, that are most important because, again, the magic of Christmas is not about or any other holiday. I don't want to exclude any other holiday that you may be celebrating. Christmas isn't, of course, the universal thing. But for a lot of people, um, this is how it gets expressed. And so keep the most important things in front of you. You know, if you're not sure if you should do certain things, go back and, and write down what's most important to me about family, who I am in my community, who I am in my profession, these other relationships that I have, what's most important to me about my money. And if the pressure that you feel is going to pull you off center from any of those things, then that may not be a place where you should invest a lot of energy. That that may be a place that takes you down a path that isn't going to be helpful for you emotionally or mentally or fiscally, especially during the holiday season. So I'm curious, um, if you would leave a comment on the podcast link or send an email to dale.shafer at lifemoveswealth.com, tell me what was your favorite Christmas memory or what is your favorite Christmas memory? And then have you kind of battled with any financial insecurities especially around the holidays uh, I know I'm not the only one so don't be shy um, it's always better to have a conversation and uh, and kind of work through these things together so that's it I hope you're enjoying that this time of year leading up to um, the end of the year and all that we celebrate around that time I hope that this podcast gives you some things to think about as you're um, starting or maybe finishing up your shopping lists and, um, you know, what, how you're going to make decisions around what to give and, and how to give, uh, and that kind of thing. And I'll tell you, I would encourage you to give and give freely. Um, and again, that may not mean spending an unnecessary amount of money on, on things. It might mean, um, you know, giving of time. It might mean giving to charity. It might mean um, slowing down on a Saturday and playing board games with your kids, or catch uh, in the yard, or sledding if you're somewhere where there's snow um, or some other snow activities, right? It it may just be the gift of time to people that matter to you. So think about those things. Drop me a comment, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you about the subject. And uh, in the meantime, happy holidays to you. And until the next episode, take care.